Harry Truman had to decide what he would do, which side he would come down on. And it was his Jewish business partner, Eddie Jacobson, that helped him make that decision. And it was in that meeting with Heim Wiseman, and that's where Harry Truman made his decision to support the rebirth of Israel. This is Charisma Connection. I'm Chris Johnson. Today we have an exciting author with us, Craig von Buzek. Now, you may or may not know that name, but uh, Craig has been around for a while. He's worked at CBN.com, and now he works for Inspiration.org as their digital editor. He, that is the official website of Inspiration Ministries. And he is a contributing editor, or I'm sorry, a contributing writer for CBN.com. He's done some work for Charisma Magazine and so forth. He's got lots of books out. Craig is a well-versed writer, and today we're going to talk about his book about Israel, which uh, commemorates the 70th anniversary of the birth of the nation. Uh, Craig, we welcome you to Charisma Connection. Thank you, Chris. It's an honor to be with you today. Oh, it's great to have you. Now, in I Am Cyrus, which is the name of your book, uh, you talk about Harry Truman and you tell us the epic story of Israel's rebirth. Please start there. How did Israel get born? Well, it's interesting. The Bible speaks uh, prophetically about uh, a nation that will be born in a day. And um, that's exactly what took place in May of 1948, when Israel became a nation again after nearly 2,000 years in exile. However, that is where most people begin. And I felt that uh, there needed to be background to help people understand how Israel got to that place in 1948, but also you know, where it uh, came from in ancient times as well. But the real story, uh, the real modern story, begins in the 1880s. Tsar Nicholas, or Tsar Alexander, had been assassinated, and one of the assassins was a Jewish young lady. And so the Russian government came down hard on the Jews with yet another of their many pogroms, which were their persecutions. And finally, the leaders of the Jewish people there in Russia said, you know, we've had enough. We've been in this situation now for 1,800 years where we have no control, we have no protection, we are at the mercy of whatever nation that we are a part of, and it's time for us to have a safe haven. And so that was the beginning of pioneers going back to their original homeland, which they called Eretz Israel, but which the world called Palestine. And it got the name Palestine. When the Romans pushed the Jews out in AD 70, they changed the name from Israel to Palestine, which they named after the ancient enemies of Israel, the Philistines, kind of to rub the noses of the Jewish people in to say, not only are we pushing you out of the land, but we're going to name it after your enemies. And so they started to move back in the 1880s, uh, just a handful of people, and by 1948, they were a reborn nation. It's one of the most amazing miracles of modern times. And today, sometimes we hear people call the Holy Land Palestine. How do the Jewish people feel about that? 
Well, it's interesting. I was uh, on Eric Metaxas's show, and he made the observation. You know, he said, you know, that's almost like the ultimate anti-Semitism if you understand the history that Palestine is named after the enemies of the Jews. So to name the land of Israel, which they have occupied, the Jews have been there for more than 3,000 years. You think of that, and you think, how many other nations are that old? India, China, Egypt, not many more. And yet, um, that's what people will call it today, not understanding the history of it, and not understanding that there have been Jews in that land. Even though the, the Romans pushed most of the Jews out, there remained Jews in the land of Eretz Israel for the entire time of the diaspora, all the way up to the 1880s. And so, yeah, it is, it is derogatory, actually, if people understand the history of it. Hmm. Now, how did you get interested in Israel um, and the Jewish people, and why is Israel so important to the Christian today? Well, I grew up going to Christian school most of my life, and so I was taught the importance of Israel and the fact that the Bible says, and Paul made this very clear when he said that we as Gentile believers are grafted into the tree, which is the original covenant that God made with Abraham. And so when God said to Abraham, I will bless you, and through you and your seed, all the nations of the earth will be blessed, and your descendants will be like the stars of the heavens and the sand of the seashore, he wasn't only speaking of natural Israel there. He was speaking of those who, like Abraham, would come into a relationship with God by faith, by grace and faith, as which we know is how we are born again and come into that place of salvation. And so Paul said, uh, and, and it's really important for those who uh, would believe what I uh, am very clearly uh, sure of, that is a false doctrine, which is replacement theology, that says that Christians have replaced the Jews who rejected Jesus. That's simply unbiblical. Paul said, don't be arrogant. That's quite a statement. Don't be arrogant, for you have been grafted in. And so that's why the Bible says, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And God has a covenant with the people of Israel. We don't know. It's a mystery of how all this will unfold in the years to come. But it's very clear scripturally that Jewish people are our brothers and sisters if we are Bible-believing Christians. And so in 1988, a friend of mine gave me a cassette tape. That's how far back it was. From a <laughs> I group remember called... those days. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you can find them in museums now. Um, but it was a cassette tape from a group called Friends of Israel, and it told the story of Harry S. Truman and his Jewish business partner, and how this man, his name was Eddie Jacobson, had worked with, with Harry in a men's clothing store in Kansas City, and they had success for the first couple of years, and then there was a post-war recession after World War I, and the business went bankrupt. But Harry and Eddie remained friends all the way up through the rest of their lives. They were like brothers until Harry was in the White House and had to make the decision what was going to be done about the 1.5 million displaced Jews who survived the Holocaust. We talk about the 6 million who died, but we forget often that there were 1.5 million still in the concentration camps. They didn't want to go home. They didn't want to stay in Europe. And when the United States Army uh, did a survey and a poll of all these Jews, 
over 90% said, we want to go back to our homeland in Israel, in Palestine. And yet the British, who held the land of Palestine at that time because they had conquered the Turks in World War I, did not want to let them in. And so it was a battle, and Harry Truman had to decide what he would do, which side he would come down on. And it was his Jewish business partner that helped him make that decision, which is a remarkable story that the book tells. So the nation of Israel was born because of this Israel businessman, essentially. Um, in part. Uh, the, you know, mm-hmm. there are many, many people who contributed to the rebirth of Israel. Mm-hmm. Um, but this story is fascinating because what happened is that a lot of pressure came down on President Truman from the State Department, who actually undercut him in the United Nations and announced something that Truman did not approve of, which was very embarrassing and made Truman very angry. He also had a lot of pressure from the Arabs. He had a lot of pressure from the Jews. And unfortunately, some of the Jewish leaders actually, uh, in their frustration, got angry with Truman and were rude to him. And so what happened is Harry Truman, with all this pressure, slammed the doors of the White House shut and said, I'm not going to talk to anyone about this. And you'll find out my decision when the vote comes in the United Nations as to whether or not Israel would become a nation again. Well, the Zionists were panicking because they didn't know which way Truman would uh, vote on this and how he would have his representative vote in the UN. And no one could get in to see him. And then one person remembered hey, he had a good friend who was his business partner who's a Jew. Let's call him. And so they called Eddie Jacobson. They woke him up in the middle of the night. Eddie flew to Washington on his own dime, walked in unannounced into the White House, and said, I'm here to see the president. And the president's uh, secretary said, that's fine. Just don't talk about Israel, the Jews, Palestine, any of that (laughs) stuff. And Jacobson was like, that's the only reason that I'm here. And he went into his office, and for the first time in their lives, Harry Truman gave him a cold shoulder. And he said, I'm not going to talk to you about this, Eddie. I'm going to make my own decision. Well, Eddie actually started to weep because, you know, think of it, his brothers and sisters, six million of them had just been murdered. Just within the last year, uh, they had realized this. And now 1.5 million were waiting to know where they were going to go. And so Eddie was thinking, where, what am I going to say? And he saw a statue of Andrew Jackson on a desk near Truman's uh, main desk. It was on a little table. And he said, you know, Harry, all our lives you told me about your hero, Andrew Jackson. Do you know who my hero is? And Truman said, no, who's your hero? He said, my hero is Heim Wiseman. Now, Heim Wiseman was like the Benjamin Franklin of the Zionist movement. He became the first president of Israel. And Eddie Jacobson said, Heim Wiseman has come all the way to America to meet with you. He's an old man. He's almost blind. He's sick. And he's waiting in a hotel room, and you won't meet with him because some of our other leaders were rude to you? Harry, that's not like you. I thought you could take the heat in this office. Mm. (laughs) So Harry turned his chair around, tapped on the desk, looked out over the White House lawn, then turned back and said, okay, set up the meeting. And so they set up the meeting, and they snuck in Heim Wiseman. And it was in that meeting with Heim Wiseman, and then later they brought Eddie in on the meeting as well. And that's where Harry Truman made his decision to support the rebirth of Israel. So it's an amazing story. That is fascinating Um, and unexpected, isn't it? Absolutely. And yet shows how God weaves things sometimes years 
in advance, and we don't even know that he's working on something that's going to happen later in our lives. Yes. And today, we have people who are still wanting, Jewish people who still want to get back to Israel. They, they call it Make Aliyah, I believe. And we That's just correct. covered this in Charisma Magazine a little bit. Uh, so what can you tell us about that and the status of that? Well, this is, uh, once again, it's the fulfillment of the ancient prophecies that those who have been scattered to the nations of the world, Ezekiel 34, 13 says, and I will bring them back out from the peoples and gather them. And Isaiah 49:22, that the Lord will beckon to the nations. I will lift up my banner to the peoples. They will bring your sons in their arms and carry your daughters on their hips. And uh, in Ezekiel uh, in, in chapter 36, we see where he says, I will take you from the nations and gather you from all countries and bring you into your own land. It's amazing and remarkable that these prophecies are being fulfilled right before our very eyes. And uh, just recently, there was a huge, um, a couple plane loads from North America of Jews who, you know, they had good homes here, they had good jobs, they had good lives here in North America, but it was like a homing beacon calling to them, come back to your homeland. And so this is happening with Jews from all over the world. And it's a fulfillment of prophecy, and I believe it points to what Jesus said. When you see the fig tree bud, then look up, because your redemption draws nigh. And I think it's a a true sign that the return of Jesus is very soon. We do see prophecy being fulfilled, and I wonder how important that is when we evangelize Jewish people. Uh, Do you know anything about how prophecy pointing to that kind of prophecy and its fulfillment, if that has helped Jewish people come to the Lord? Well, um, I think that's absolutely the case. And um, I had a uh, a Messianic Jew who uh, gave an endorsement to the book, uh, the I Am Cyrus book, and uh, Sid Roth, and he said, the return of the Jews to their homeland and the rebirth of Israel is one of the most important signs that God exists. And so I think that uh, it is one of the things that for skeptical Jews uh, to go back and show them their own prophecy from their own scripture from the Old Testament and how it has been fulfilled and then to say, and Jesus said that this would happen as well, and he is the Messiah. He is the one that you've been longing for, that you've been praying for, and just, you know, encourage them to say, ask the Lord. Ask the Lord. There's, he's not afraid of that question. Uh, take a moment and say, all right, Jesus, if you truly are who you said you were, that, you know, when Jesus said, I and the Father are one, and Jesus said, no man comes to the Father but through me, I am the way, the truth, and the life. If you are the Messiah, the Son of God, then show me reveal it to me, open my eyes so that I can see, and you'll be amazed at how God answers that question. Hmm. Well, if people want to learn more about the Zionist movement, your book is a good place to start. I am Cyrus, Harry S. Truman, and the Rebirth of Israel. How are you out there promoting this book? 
Craig? I am available uh, to speak at conferences and churches, schools, colleges, uh, civic events, wherever people might need me to be. And then I've also been on several different uh, TV, radio, web shows just like yours. And so uh, any way that uh, I can get the word out there, uh, I'm available to do so. Wonderful. I know you've been on the 700 Club, and as you say, Sid Roth has uh, endorsed your book. So um, there are a lot of people in this space who are very interested in this book. So how can people learn more about you and your books? They could go to my website, which is vonbuzik.com, my last name. It's very easy, V-O-N-B-U-S-E-C-K.com. And then also, I'm the editor, as you said earlier, of inspiration.org. And so people can come to inspiration.org to read my articles, and they can read an excerpt uh, of the I Am Cyrus book, both there and on vonbuzik.com. And then, of course, I'm available on any social media. Uh, Just put in my name, Craig Von Buzik, and it will show up. Excellent. Well, Dr. Craig Von Buzek, it's been a very interesting conversation here today about your book, I Am Cyrus. So thank you for joining us on Charisma Connection. Thank you, Chris. It's been an honor to be with you. I'm Chris Johnson. Thanks for joining us for this visit on Charisma Connection. If you'd like to learn more about the guests we have on Charisma Connection, please visit cpnshows.com. And while you're there, you'll want to check out another great interview show, our publisher, Dr. Steve Green, host. Dr. Green talks with some outstanding authors, pastors, and other guests on Green Lines. So I hope you'll listen to an episode or two of that while you're there at cpnshows.com. This has been a production of the Charisma Podcast Network. Steve and Joyce Strang are the founders and owners of CPN. Dr. Steve Green is the executive producer of the Charisma Podcast Network. We intend to honor God with every podcast and remain thankful to our advertisers and supporters who make these podcasts possible.